you are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. Well, this morning we have the honor and privilege to, uh, from hearing from Kate. Uh, Kate is on our teaching team here at Invitation. She has spoken here several times before, and I know last time she spoke it was very encouraging. Uh, so we're very excited to hear from her again. Before we do that, I'm going to read um, from Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 17, the passage of scripture that Kate will be preaching on today. And it says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So in the words of Dave Campbell, let's give Kate a loud and rowdy invitation welcome. Good morning. Oh, there we go. Okay, the the rowdy welcome was something, but the good morning is something else. I love that. Um, I am grateful for you this morning. Didn't we? After having help putting the mic on this morning, because I've never done that before, um, we'll go with this. This is good. So, um, really glad to be here with you this morning um, and to be looking through this uh, really intense passage, um, Romans 8, 12 through 17. I want to start by having us um, think about in our, in our lives, um, what is something that you used to do um, that, you know, you did and didn't maybe think much of, but now you couldn't ever see yourself doing ever. It doesn't have to be anything bad. Um, For example, perhaps you spent a good chunk of your growing up years eating peanut butter and jelly with Concord grape jam, um, and then somebody showed you the light of strawberry jam. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's something Maybe that's something in your life. Do we have team grape jelly in the house today? Okay, team strawberry jam. Oh, a few more. Okay, I'm team homemade strawberry jam. Team something else? Oh, a few. Okay, awesome. Um, As long as it's not jalapeno jelly, that might get weird. Um, Maybe there are some style choices in your past that you're like, wow, I'm really glad that hasn't come back yet. That never needs to come back as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm looking at you, chunky highlights and jeans under dresses, and I'm not talking about cute jeggings either. I'm talking about like actual um, boot cut or flared jeans. I have a very 
particular photo in my mind from my youth, um, which was pre-Facebook and social media days. Thank everything, because it would be on social media if I'd had it, but it was my, I was wearing my graduation dress, my eighth grade graduation dress, because that's still a thing in small towns. Um, and it's a very cute, very pretty little dress over like legit boot cut jeans. And my braces game was strong and I was just really feeling it. And I have this very particular memory of my mom saying to me, because this was not a one-time thing. She said this to me every time I went out of the house like this, because it was more than once. Uh, she was like, what are you doing? What? This was, this was what my mother would make me do when it was too cold to wear just a dress. Like, I had to wear the jeans underneath it, and you're choosing to do this. And in my 15, 16-year-old wisdom, I'm like, Mom, I'm my own person. And, you know, we just really don't need to go back to those days. Um, whatever those things may be, whatever those things are that you have in your head, it just means that we have grown and we've evolved, right? We've come out of things that perhaps didn't work as well for us, and we've come into things that work a little bit better. Maybe uh, over the years we've come to realize that knocking back a few beers every night causes us to miss out on things that we don't want to miss. Maybe over the years we've grown to realize that Drowning whatever emotions we may be feeling in a chocolate milkshake or a burger and fries. I'm not calling anybody out here because I enjoy those things as much as the next person. That doesn't actually make us feel better. It makes us feel worse in more ways than one. Maybe over the years somebody has helped us to realize that we do in fact want to be around to see these kids and these grandkids grow up and that means that we need to make some fundamental changes to the way that we live our lives. Whatever those things may be, all of those things involve a point of a shift in thinking, a paradigm shift in the way that we live. It involves transition. All of these things involve pain at some point um, because coming out of something old and into something new is not a comfortable process. It involves relationships changing. People in our lives maybe don't understand what we're doing or they feel threatened by it or they're like, what does this mean for my life? And so they don't necessarily support that. And that can be really painful. This can be really hard. This change from the old thing to the new thing can be really hard and really sad sometimes and really difficult but it's usually worth it, right? It's usually worth it in the end, this being able to be fully present. The healthy, and, um, the healthy processing of our emotions, the renewed health and vigor of living life the way that it's meant to be lived, that's ultimately what Paul is getting at in our passage today. We no longer live in the old way, in the way of the sinful urges, in the way of the worldly flesh. We live in the way of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has freed us from that life and has laid hold of our hearts and our minds and our bodies 
And that means that we live differently now. I'm going to focus a lot on freedom today. Um, a number of weeks ago in our community group, we were talking about freedom. And I shared that it comes up a lot when I preach. Um, I've been preaching for about 10 years. And this is a consistent theme in my pattern of communication, freedom and community. And those two things are really important to me. And I, I think as a communicator, I need to pay attention to those patterns. What does it mean that freedom keeps coming up? in my communication? What does it mean that community keeps coming up? Well, I think one of the things it means is that the culture um, that I'm speaking into needs to hear those things. We need to hear about freedom because we are potentially being held in bondage by things we don't even realize, by things we may not acknowledge or understand. I think it means that Paul's words here today are still valid. Um, Paul was writing to a church in Rome that hadn't as yet seen a lot of persecution. We heard about that last week or the week before. And that means that the church here in America can relate to that on a potentially different way than um, Paul writing to a church that was experiencing extreme persecution. We have a little bit of a different level of understanding with this. I really like how the New Living Translation takes verse 12. I like to look at a lot of different translations when I prepare, and this one really struck out, um, struck out to me. So in the New Living Translation, verse 12 reads, so, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. No obligation. That's a little sassy, and I kind of like that. Um, what is the sinful nature that Paul is talking about? What is Paul referring to here? At first blush, we may interpret this to mean, well, that's the before Jesus, right? The, the whatever you found yourself in before Jesus found you, that's your sinful nature. That's whatever that is. And that's not a wrong answer, but I'm going to tell you a little bit um, on a personal level. I don't remember before Jesus, I don't remember praying the prayer and becoming a part of the family of God. I think I was, I wasn't even in school yet. So I don't have a distinct memory of before Jesus and after Jesus. And sometimes when I hear people talk, uh, when I hear stories like dramatic conversion stories, that makes me sad because like I don't have that. I don't have that. I can't relate to that on that level. But what I do know is that Jesus keeps showing up after we've made that decision to join the family of God. The Holy Spirit continues to work on us, praise the Lord. Um, the Holy Spirit continues to convict, not condemn us, as we learn to live in the way of Jesus. There is still work to be done here. And that's a good thing. God doesn't leave us where we are found. God continues to bring us closer into communion with God's self. And that means that even after becoming a part of the family of God, there are things we need to pay attention to. There are things that we can't let slide. Our sinful nature doesn't just disappear upon adoption into the family of God. Um, this takes some work. 
It takes a long time to unlearn old habits and to relearn newer, healthier ones. It takes a long time for me to remember to breathe before I respond to someone rather than reacting out of anger or haste or if I feel attacked. It takes a long time to um, wish better for someone who has potentially wronged me rather than to wish for revenge. It takes a long time to remember that I am called to see everyone as living, breathing children of God that are beloved by God as I am. And that is this oh okay okay I won't shout anymore maybe <laughs> um, we tend to hear about babies that were unwanted and left out um, on the hills outside the city of Rome and particularly baby girls and then Christians would go and save these babies this is a story that we hear a lot of what we don't hear a lot of is that adoption was a very common thing in Roman culture and adopted children had exactly the same rights and the same privileges as natural born children. And I think that is an incredibly beautiful thing. I know there are a number of people in the room today that have personal experience in adoption. And what this says to me, Paul's choice of this particular metaphor is that we are all on the same level. We are all on the same level in the family of God. Um, it doesn't matter what you came out of. It doesn't matter where you find yourself now. We are all together and we are all beloved by God in the same way. And we, this is our identity as, as children of God, as a part of the family of God. And it is our calling to remember 
and to live into this identity. Um, we are no longer slaves to fear, right? Dave leads that song really well. That was a lyric that kept going through my brain this week. We are no longer slaves to fear. Um, in verse 15, we read, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. That's where adoption comes in in some of your translations. And this word again kind of stuck out to me. I had to think about that a little bit. Um, and I, what I came to is that the spirit of fear that Paul is talking about, it repeats that same tired story of you are not enough. You don't have enough. You don't make enough. You aren't good enough. You aren't meaningful enough. You aren't enough. And that is the spirit of fear telling us lies that, we, that um, it knows works. And one of the things I read this week um, in my daily scripture reading, I just go through the lectionary every week, and it helps me start my day not with social media. I would highly recommend it. Um, I read in 1 John chapter 5, the very end of the book of 1 John, verses 18 through 21. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Paul is reminding us, and John, in that passage, is reminding us of what is true. He's telling us to be who you already are in Christ. We have already received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit is in this room. I believe that fully. It's in each of us, and it's in this room here today. We've already received the Holy Spirit, which allows us to address the Most High, to address the creator of the universe in the most intimate way, Abba, Father. Abba is the Aramaic term, and it is what little children would say. Um, Ab was the formal way, was like dad. Abba is like daddy. And this is the most intimate, the most casual, dare I say, way of addressing God. And this is what our relationship with the creator of the universe is meant to be. I know that for some people, the relationship with your father is fraught. And I want you to know that I see that and I acknowledge that. But the relationship that we have with the creator of the universe is what a relationship with a father is meant to be. It redeems whatever your personal experience has been. Abba, Father. Don't miss verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. With our spirit. 
What I take that to mean is that our spirit knows our identity. Our spirit knows that we are children of God, that we are a part of the family of God. It acknowledges our place in that family. And sometimes when the sinful urges and the worldly urges become really attractive, our spirit needs reminding. Mine sure does. Our spirit needs to remember who we are and what is true about us. And what that means is we can't do this on our own. We cannot do this on our own strength. This process, this life is spirit-led. The Holy Spirit is the one driving this bus. And praise God for that, <laughs> because there is freedom in that. Right? There is freedom in opening up your hands and letting go of, well, if I were just a little bit more holy. Well, if I worked just a little bit harder. Well, if I read just a few more verses every day. Sorry, I didn't mean to put that on anyone. If I, you know, volunteered just a little bit more. No, this is spirit-led. The Holy Spirit, um, if by the Spirit, let's see, what verse was that? My Bible is... This is a new Bible to me. It was actually my dad's Bible. And so um, learning to read that is, is different. Um, I'll just go back to here. If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. We can't do this by ourselves. The Spirit is the one who does the work. And this life doesn't come without struggle. Verse 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Well, that sounds great. Um, if indeed we share in his sufferings, uh-oh, <laughs> in order that we may also share in his glory. Jesus doesn't ever promise that this is going to be easy. That is found nowhere in the Bible, that this is going to be easy. But it is good, and that's different. We could go around the room today and talk about the ways that we have suffered the ways that we're maybe suffering right now. I know we've all got different stories and different experiences. And this life isn't going to come without struggle, but that's where the community comes in. That's where this community comes in. Small little plug for community groups. <laughs> I have been a part of this church for a number of years, and this is the first year that I am um, participating in a community group, and it's been a beautiful experience. It's been a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. Um, and the role of the community is meant to strengthen each other, is meant to build each other up, is meant to study together and learn together, and also point things out that maybe we're missing. That maybe we're like, oh, I've not looked at it that way before. Maybe I need to reconsider some things or rethink some things. And we do this in love. We do this in grace. And it's the way that the church is meant to be. I'm going to invite the band up as we close out. Um, together with the community that we have. And because of the community, the work that the community does together, we are invited to name and then to reject the many different ways we are confronted with the lie 
that who we are, that our identity and that our self-worth comes from anything other than God's love for us. Nothing. Not your family, not the, your pedigree, the family line you come from. Not who writes your paycheck or how much is on the paycheck. Not what you do with your time. Not where you live. Not what school you went to. None of that can get in the way of the fact that the creator of the universe, from the very beginning of time, has desired to be in relationship with his creation. And that includes us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm going to call ahead to a little bit farther in chapter 8 here, because it's so good. Nothing neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor your past nor the present nor the future nothing can separate us from the love of god no one is so dead in sin that the power of god cannot bring them back to life and that is who we are we are alive in christ by the power of the holy spirit to bring the family of god to bear here on earth. The reflection of what is to come is here on earth, and we are a part of that. The passage today invites us to receive the Holy Spirit as completely and unfalteringly as the Holy Spirit has received us. And that's a lifelong work. We're not going to get it right all the time. I had a really hard week, and it was... It was everything I could do to make sure the words that were coming out of my mouth were gracious and loving. It's a lifelong work, but this is the ultimate freedom to remember who we are and whose we are, truly and fully. As I was... Um, going over this again last night, I, it was about 9.30, because that's who I am, last minute, right here. Um, and the line of a hymn popped into my head. And I had to call my mom, because I was like, what is this hymn? And we spent 25 minutes on the phone before <laughs> she finally Googled it, and I tell her all the time, Mom, you know you can just Google this stuff, right? And then she actually did it and shocked the life out of me. Um, but it's The Love of God, and it was written in uh, 1917, and it's a hymn that I remember singing from years and years um, growing up, and I want to close this out today with this line. It's the first verse. Receive these words. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole and priceless pardon won. O love of God, how rich and pure how measureless and strong. 
it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels' song. Creator God, I thank you for this place. I thank you for these people here in this room and watching online later. I thank you for the work that you are doing here with us. I thank you for what you are calling us into and what you've called us out of. God, I pray that you would continue to show up here, that you would continue to work, to move in our lives, that you would open our eyes to see it, that you would open our hearts to the freedom that you have for us, that we would accept it every day because it is work every day. We thank you for your love, that it is constant when we are not. We thank you for your grace, for your peace and your strength. We thank you for who you are and for who you are calling us to be. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Stand for one more song this morning. Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.